Welcome to Golden Globes Theater with you as always, Tim and Griff. And we're in Tippy Tap 2 territory here. Yeah, a special Black Exploitation History Month Tippy Tap episode. I love it. Not only are we uh, meeting what we did last year, but we're adding to it. Yeah, I mean, well, technically. <laughs> I don't know. We have problems with episodes two for some we reason. We really do. Because we, we, really did, do. we did record an episode two on uh, Steven Seagal Lawman, and it, I'm sorry, it wasn't. It, we, it wasn't. The, the the expectations you guys expect from us yeah I'm kind of redundant at expectations yeah. but yeah you it this it didn't rise to the level that we're, we're normally used to as we're not putting this out yeah we don't even have to listen back to it we just no. get that feel and we're like no nope, yeah. not gonna see the light of day not ain't gonna happen so yeah I don't I'd love to like cover Steven Seagal we love shitting on Steven Seagal but those that show just was boring it's boring as all hell. We had nothing to work with. And we even went out and got the uh, famed Joe Arpaio episode where they murder a person's dog to capture a person and manslaughter. Manslaughter. They didn't murder it. Excuse me, manslaughter. Collateral damage. Collateral damage. But yeah, they drove a tank through the guy's house. You don't see it in the episode, but it came up in the news stories surrounding it. Yeah, so that's why it sucked, because we didn't see any of the shit that... The whole reason why people want to watch that episode is not in the episode. Uh, yeah. So don't even bother with it. If you're <laughs> thinking about it, no. But what you should bother with is the A-Team. A-Team is such a fucking fun show. Classic show. Watch it's, it as a child. Okay, am I wrong, or do they talk about in the intro piece that uh, if you can afford the A-Team... Yeah. Yeah. Nobody pays them. No, I don't know how they survive because Mr. Teague, he's not, he's not selling any of that gold. Yeah, they're literally driving around, living in a van. They might be a band. They might be some kind of '80s indie rock band. Well, I actually, well, before we just recorded, I was looking up research. So I was like, what was the fucking crime they committed that they're wanted? This for? is a good way to start the A team. What yeah. was the crime? Apparently, according to Wikipedia, the and they they. Disclosed this in like season four or five. Like they let there was this crime they didn't commit. That's all you knew for the first four seasons. Yeah, and I will say the episode we're doing today is in the fourth season. Apparently, they needed to rob a bank in Hanoi to stop the war. Some colonel only could trust them to do it. Oh, what, what, where's Hanoi? Is that that town we were just covering earlier this week? Is, was that Hanoi? I don't know what you're talking about. What you crime? said they, a bank in Hanoi. Yeah. Where's Hanoi? Vietnam, isn't it? It's Vietnam, right? Okay. Well, that's so it wasn't the town that we covered last week. No, it wasn't okay. next to it, But they, there actually is a country in Western Bar right next to the that, bank. That's why I was confused. So, but, uh, so it was a top secret mission only the colonel knew about. And then the colonel got killed by the Viet Cong. So oh. only he knew that they were doing it for altruistic reasons. Because somehow robbing a bank is going to stop the Vietnam War. I have no idea. I guess all the funding for the Viet Cong was in this bank. Right. In escrow, probably. And, uh, probably in gold chains. That's in why Mr. T wears gold those gold chains. That makes He's carrying the evidence against right. them around his neck. Interesting. So if you ever wondered, that is why they're wanted. Because they're not going to go to jail for something they didn't do, so they escaped. That's good to know. I mean, they live a lavish life outside of, you know, just yeah. driving around. You know, they're wanted and... men, yet the guy, Mr. T's like, hmm, I'm wanted man. I think I'm going to have a mohawk and wear 50 pounds of gold. That yeah. won't stand out at all. And the custom-painted van with the yeah. red and black and the yeah. giant rims and all of that. The spinners. In the 80s, you didn't have spinners, so yeah. they really stood well, out. Well, that's that just shows you how... How resourceful B.A. was that he could make spinners. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> resourceful is you did say that this was MacGyver before MacGyver. Yeah. And you are dead on. 
a little less of the science side of it, no. but definitely the same feel. A lot of ingenuity. So let's talk about this uh, episode in particular because we chose it because Rick James and Isaac Hayes are right. the stars of it. Quotes here, stars. Well, Isaac gets he gets a lot of screen. Isaac time. does get a good good. But bit. Rick is horribly underutilized. But he's probably high as fuck while they were filming this. Yeah. So they got they probably had a lot of shit for him to do, but he was so fucked up they couldn't like Rick. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. And th- this is uh A Team is supposed to be like an hour long show with commercials that comes down to about forty two minutes or whatever. And probably ten minutes of this is just music videos. <laughs> well, I gotta appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> we get we because uh, I gotta explain to you. At this time, was eighty five when this episode came out? So, it, yeah, it was right around there. Rick James was over. Like, I think you're right. he, he was washed up by this time. So I think this was his last stab for relevancy because we see they they play a brand new at, at that time brand new song. Oh, that was the intro song. Glow. Oh, Some glow, which would have okay. been perfect for the TV show Glow. Right, but, they yeah. didn't use it though. No. And, and that's actually back to foreshadowing our next week's our next regular episode with the Glow because the Glow is an important part of the Last Dragon. But we'll get to that on the next episode. Right. But I need so like since we're we're not getting enough Rick James, I felt like we needed to warm ourselves up with some more Rick James. And this is, you were saying that this was like 85, and this yes. this just so happens to correspond with that perfectly. So yes, this video, we're going to do the video, we're going to live commentate on it, I guess is what we're going to do. I don't know. It's like our old hair metal hate, but this is like, I don't know, poodle hair hate? Poodle hair people? hate. Rick James has blonde poodle hair. You would see the same hair if you watch this episode of uh, A-Team. He does have that crunchy, uh, this gave Kenny Omega the idea to yeah, do. It is very Omega-ish. Yeah. Um. So, if you're fans of David Chappelle, you already know the whole history behind Rick James and Eddie Murphy, and you should know that Rick James produced Eddie Murphy's hit album "Party All the Time," and we're gonna do the "Party All the Time" video right now. Yeah. So, why don't we start so this? This video, I mean, it's amazing. They're heading. They're heading it's, into the studio. This is, I think this is all live. I don't think. I think they're just showing what happens. Yeah. So we see all like the tape reel to reel going. We see yeah. the mixing board. Rick James is like he's Jay Leno. Jay he, said Leno. He, he lets Eric Murphy into the apparently Eric, he did security. Eric Murphy. <laughs> so Eddie Murphy's like he's like hey, Rick James like everything's set for you, Eddie. Just yeah. go in and start singing. The music's still already playing. That's how perfectly timed Eddie is. Yeah, this is just so cool. And, and of course, he's got all of his friends and family there. They're getting ready to have a. Big I didn't party. see Charlie Murphy though. I didn't see Charlie. He said, I, "Put on the cans, Eddie." That's a, that's a technical term for your headphones. Headphones, yeah. And he puts them on. And he just starts. He immediately hits it like right when he needs to. Now I was really curious. And I, then like Rick, he's a consummate professional. He's like, "No, do this. More treble there. More bass there." He's just you know. Master producer. You said Rick was already kind of on his way out, so he's clearly trying to transcend to the production side of things. Yeah. That's I think he did actually did. produce a lot of shit, too. But I believe it. Oh, man. He's clapping along. He, he's on beat. He's proud of this shit. Yeah. He's like, this is... He's like, I, I bequeath you this song. I could make it hit, Eddie, but I want you to do it. Oh, my God. And Eddie they got gets... the friends and family. They're just singing along. They're not even recording. They just not love either. the song so much. That collar is popped so high. It's like meeting the guy's earlobes. I didn't know collars got that high. Multiracial band. It's beautiful. We got a, oh. like a heavy metal dude playing guitar with like a blazer with no just shirt. blazer, no shirt. Fucking oh. air drumming by he's like, Rick James. This is, this is what I. Is I, that Charlie? Could it be. But 
this is why I want to point out. You can just see like Rick is being so like slave to the rhythm, infectious grooves. He I mean, like, he went from uh, pushing knob, turning knobs, and pushing levers. And yeah, he, and he, he still looks- is. He's like rocking out, and then he's like, "Let me adjust that a little bit." You can tell he's getting a little shaky there, though. He might need another drink, or he might need to get into in, into this rhythm. That's like a Van Halen guitar he's got there with the stripes on it. Yeah, man, yeah. he's ain't fucking around. Oh man, Eddie is just. I, I, I feel like he'd get tired from all this beeping and wobbing. Oh, beeping and wobbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would too. Bobbing all the clapping he's doing. And weaving. <laughs> no, he's just feeling it like oh, Rick Jesus. is. Rick, why did they just shoot a, a shot of Rick's crotch? Because <laughs> you got to. <laughs> they just got that side shot just to show you that he's packing some heat today. Oh, Eddie's not the only one packing heat. Still pushing those levers, huh? Well, they're, yeah. I thought they I might think, have hit I think it this already. Is perfectly live. I think this is exactly this is the moment this song is recorded. Yeah. And now this is my favorite part. Rick is like, oh! he, he's doing the metal thing. Yeah, he's just, where, yeah, where he's just he having an And then he's just like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I got to get in on this shit. So Rick just. Barges into the, he's, he's like, he's, oh my god, he's feeling it. <laughs> <yes. laughs> he must have done a line or something. He's like, fuck this. He's like, I gotta get out of this. So he he pushes Jay Leno out of the way. <laughs> yeah, Jay and then tries kicks to stop in him. the fucking door. He comes in. He's like, hey, do you need a little assistance here? Let me strap oh on my bass my because god. there's no bass being played right now. Yeah, they forgot to put the bass. He's like, I gotta add some shit. Oh, we're gonna have to redo this whole thing. But let and that then he's bass. like, wait, you need some backing vocals from me too. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Sharing the mic, too. Classic. Oh, that poodle hair, man. That's beautiful. I like... I'm surprised everyone didn't storm into the room. I'm glad they were like, (laughs) you know, we're going to be respectful still. We're not going to... But who's controlling the knobs and levers? Well, he said... He left one of the good ones. One one good white guy (laughs) in the room. He's like, I trust you. First of all, he made sure they were all set to the proper levels. And then he's like, I'm going to go in. Oh, and man. they just hug it out, and they give the fucking racist uh, white power sign. Oh my god, that's that's the thing. And he get, Rick gives the devil sign, and then Eddie gives the racist okay sign. What the fuck? Mm, that's interesting. That's really interesting. <laughs> I don't tell Twitter about that because <laughs> that'll that'll get scary. Oh. So that was basically the beginning of the end for Eddie Murphy's career when he was like, "No, I'm going to be taken seriously now. I'm I'm not. I'm more than a comedian." And he got lame. Yeah, because Eddie just, was at the top of his game at this time, right? And Funniest just, guy in the world, and now you're like Disney guy. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, he did a couple Disney movies. Did that Pluto Mars? He did Pluto shit on Disney movies. Yeah, and a Shrek, and a Shrek. So yeah, so we're just warming up now. Let's get into this A-Team. A-Team, yeah. Heart of Rock and Roll is the name of this episode. Classic Huey Lewis song Classic from Huey Back Lewis. to the Future. And, um, I mean, we should probably just uh, go quickly over the the crew we're working with here. The A-Team. Yeah, if you haven't seen it. Yeah. We got, we got Hannibal. Hannibal. Hannibal Smith. He's the leader. He's the leader, and he's the master of disguise. He's old as shit. Uh, he's he's older that, than Charles Bronson. He's got that beautiful gray hair, always smoking. Always uh, has black leather gloves on. Do you notice that? He does often wear gloves. He's probably ashamed of his uh, how weathered his hands are. 
Well, she'd break on his face. <laughs> and then you got, of course, Mr. T, B.A., Bad Attitude, Baracus. Baracus. Who is master mechanic. He can build in. He's the MacGyver of the team. And yep. also he can drive a van. He's he's the van driver. And he's the muscle. He is the muscle. You got Howlin' Mad Murdoch, who's oh. the most annoying character he, on the team. When I was when I was younger, I thought he was great. And then I, as I got older, I was like, I hate this guy yeah. so much. But he can fly anything. That was his peak. Fly helicopters, yeah. planes, whatever. And they're all uh, ex like military. They're all ex Green Beret, according Green Beret. to Wikipedia. Okay. And that, which leads me to how the fuck is Face Man, our last Hamilton Peck, yeah. the Face Man, played by Dirk Benedict? How is he like a Green Beret? He's like the biggest pussy on this show. I know. I told you when when they got over uh, done with the war and came back home, he got into yoga and meditation, essential oils, and he just serenity now. And now he's face and he's fucking yeah, everybody. So he was the con man of the group. He yeah. could like weasel his way, especially when it came to women. He could oh. really manipulate. So them. that's a good. I, I, I'm like I like where you led me there because we got to talk tropes. We got to bring up a couple of them. And obviously, you brought up the one face. Always swindles a few ladies. He's right. always fucking somebody. And uh, in this episode, there's three or four different women. And, of course, he gives them all different names. So you get yeah. that funny scene where they're like, I'll see you later, Butch. And the one's like, he told me his name was Greg. Well, that's his, that's his skill. That's his skill. What's another trope we got here? Uh, B.A. will not fly. He will not no. go in the Well, air. he doesn't have to do it in this episode. But yeah, yeah, that yeah. Was his thing. No, these are tropes. Even though, according to, another thing, according to Wikipedia, if you're like in special forces, paratrooping is, well, parachuting is part of the thing. You have yeah. to do it. Well, he was willing to do it then, but now he has a choice. He's like, let's drive yeah. the van. Three hours, coast to coast. Come on, guys. <laughs> so they always had to come up with some scenario where he gets knocked out. It's so milk. Can... It's always milk. Milk. Wasn't it always milk? I thought it was just knocked him out somehow. I don't know. Yeah, I haven't watched the show in decades, so yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was always milk. And Hannibal, always with the tastefully non-racist disguises. Always. D- today's episode, <laughs> he plays a nice Jewish old man. He's got like the f- several lens uh, magnifying Coke glass. bottle glasses. <laughs> two, cr- oh, two crutches. I meant to say two canes, but no, he's got crutches. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a yarmulke just to let you know even though he's doing the most like insensitive racist Jewish what are you doing it is my, yeah my tug is uh. this is another one of those shows that people would be like oh no you can't do that today guys yeah, you couldn't do any of this today that's why I'm glad I grew up in that era um, and to bring up Murdoch here he's always like he's the wild card he's weird and he's just all over Unreliable. The place. You can't. Well, you can trust them, but you can't trust them. Yeah, and so uh, like in this episode, he's pretending to be a band manager. So no, he's pretending to be Wolfman Jack, like a, a oh. radio DJ. Oh, that's gotcha. why he was doing that voice. I, okay, I didn't get him. We're just, getting ahead of ourselves. When we get into this move, this movie, this. Uh, I want to bring TV. up one other thing about Murdoch and B.A. Okay. Is that B.A. hates Murdoch? Yeah. And again, since I've grown into the show, I've learned to lo- appreciate B.A. more for wanting to rip. Well, because he's off. a fool. But he he, he also there's a there's a love there too. It's oh yeah, like a brother and sister brother. Thing. I mean, they fought and you know they probably it, it, what probably happened was Murdoch probably saved his life in Nam. So he even though he normally would hate this guy he feels kind of a loyalty to him right I, he wouldn't be here for the murder that makes a lot of sense so murray we open this episode of course with a rick james music sold video. out show sold out at the palladium in la i guess I don't yeah know. and uh we, we, we first we see the van rolling up oh, of outside course. 
And then Murdoch jumps out. He's wearing headphones. He's wearing a Walkman with headphones, yet we're hearing his music. I like that. We're hearing Heart time. of Rock and Roll by Huey Lewis in the B- News. B.A. was pissed about it. Right, because he's like, I hate that honky music. And I hate Back to the Future. <laughs> and Face is like, come on, guys. He's always... he's. He's the guy that keeps every. He's the glue. Maybe that's what Face's job is. Yeah. You know, he keeps calms everybody down. Yeah. Serenity but now. He's their calm. job, because Rick James got a hold of him. He has enough money to oh, pay for the A team. Absolutely. If they charged. If they did. And so he got a hold of the A team because he needs something. But before they get backstage passes, they go immediately backstage. He's like, I got to play a concert. Yeah. And so what, what we're seeing is. The video, obviously, we were saying this was probably a you, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your situation, where Rick James is like, I will come on your show, but you have to play the video from my new song. So you can tell this is the video. Obviously, Well, you can tell because it is the video. You watch <laughs> on YouTube, the song Glow. But also, the film stock is so sh- strikingly different. Yeah. Like, the video is probably filmed on film. And the the show is probably filmed on like video, so you can tell when they go back and forth to like BA in them and Rick James, it doesn't match. And Rick James has got a beautiful fucking all leopard print. It's awesome. Platform heels also leopard print. Loved it. Fucking, he had the fucking pirate shirt from Seinfeld on underneath it. I, if you want to talk Dolomite designs, like Rick James carried that. That, Not uh, that only history. did he have heels, he did a moonwalk in the heels. Dude, that was amazing. And so he's just proving, hey, I still got some shit left in me. So we watched the whole music video or whatever cuts of it, and he finishes up, takes the bass off, and chucks it uh, off to stage right. And who catches it? Hannibal. So I was like, uh, wait, they're back. I thought they were in the crowd, honestly. I didn't realize they were back. No, they were, they were on the, because they were on the side. They were watching. Yeah. That, which which made, made the whole different film stocks no more striking because Rick James is like pretending like, like this concert obviously isn't happening because that's the video. Yeah. So you just see like Rick James by himself on the stage. Like the band disappeared for some oh, reason. Yeah. And they just showed like his side, like what they're watching from the side of the thing. <laughs> I didn't notice. And then, like, where was Hannibal? Like, because he wasn't with those guys. He just showed up just to catch the guitar. Well, they like uh, Rick even says, "Man, I thought you weren't going to show up." And so he even mentioned it. Yeah. So he finished. He had. He said one song. That was it. That's all you get, people. My yeah. concert is one song. <laughs> one song. And then they walks off the stage. They take him backstage. And yeah. then Rick lets him know why he needs him. He's talking about his friend CJ and how CJ got in some trouble. He never touched the alcohol. But CJ Mack. CJ Mack. So you're probably going to call him Truck from the rest of this episode because you yes. called him Truck Turner Mack through the whole episode. Yes. CJ. <laughs> Isaac Hayes playing CJ Mack. I can remember. The inspiration too, for Rick James. Rick James is playing himself in this. this oh, CJ Mack was. Uh, okay. No. Yeah, he said, yeah. That's why the, he was buddies with C.J. Mack. He inspired him to become Rick James. Oh, interesting. So C.J. Mack apparently had a situation where he was high, but he wasn't. No, no, not... he was not high at all. Oh, he wasn't. Was he drunk? He no. That was the. That's why it was so unfair. He oh. did murder somebody. Well, he did kill somebody. Manslaughter. Okay, but he was tired. I, what I heard was. He may have had some drugs, but he wasn't drunk at all. No, no, no. <laughs> that wasn't it at all. Because that's, that's why they're saying, well, it's kind of okay. Because yeah. he just fell asleep at the wheel. Oh, he just got a little tired. And so Rick is like, gives a fucking shit. He wasn't like he was high or anything. He just fell asleep. He yeah. murdered some bitch. He did serve some time, too. Yeah. It wasn't like he got well, no, in. No, he, he manned up and was like, 
I'm gonna I did the crime and I'm gonna do the time. Yeah. So, but he's up for parole. He kept somebody kept stopping his parole every fucking time, and yeah. now he's finally getting released tomorrow. There was a lot of suspicious things happening, and you know, uh, Rick was trying to help his buddy out. He sent him a guitar. He sent him like uh, tapes, uh, recording material. Right. So he was recording stuff, and he was it was everything was going well, and then he just started getting quiet and clammed up on them and stopped talking, yeah. stopped playing. So he's like, he's being released tomorrow, but I'm worried about him. I'm worried something's up and somebody's going to try to hurt him. Can you do something, A-Team? Oh, of course we can. And that's where we cut to CJ in prison. He's got a guitar. He's just sitting there think, singing about, you know. about. He's in be, the yard. He's in the yard. He's about to be free, so, you know, he's singing about that. And we get a, a character uh, we're familiar with, Gravedigger. Yeah, apparently shit didn't work out too well for Detective Gray Digger Jones because he's in prison now. I mean, they were often just pulling guns out and shooting into crowds. Yeah, but they were getting results. They so. were getting results. So I don't know what the deal was. But yeah, and a nice multiracial basketball game's happening. Of course. It, all I hear about in prison is there's just all these racial gangs and shit. Everyone's getting along. I saw I saw a Nazi playing basketball. You know, I saw uh, black and white and Latino. I saw... All, a, a rainbow coalition, a exactly. basketball play, and yeah, they when they, in the basket, somebody it gets knocked away and it hits uh, CJ. Yeah, and he's cool about it, yeah. but of course, who comes to get the ball? Grave digger, grave digger. There's something he just does not like CJ. He's like, you think you're better than us and all that kind of shit. And he's like, hey, well, you don't have to deal with me anymore because I'm I'm out tomorrow. Grave digger hits him with some something really cryptic. He's just like, you think you're getting out tomorrow, huh? Something like that. Really hit the nail on the head. Right. And so like, like, oh, what's going on here? Close the next day where CJ, well, Gravedigger breaks, breaks his guitar. Yeah, break. What a dick. What a dickhole. But, you know, CJ again, just like, say lovey. I'm leaving tomorrow. Who cares? Right. So we get to uh, CJ. He's getting in the van. He's going to the release. Processing something. Yeah, which, place. of course, is across town. And the way he notices one of the guards, it's fucking Gravedigger. Did he notice that? Yes, he did. Okay, because when they when they take him, they drive him away, and the A team follows because they're they want to be there to pick him up, and right. they start saying this is not the way to the release facility. This isn't the right way at all. Right. And well, of course they take they take CJ to an alley. So when they got out, I thought. CJ finally noticed the one guard. No, was because Grave he was guard. actually in the back with. I know. That's CJ. why I was like, "Wait, this makes no sense." <laughs> so it's the not- guy with swastika tattooed on his face and Gravedigger opposing his guards, yeah. and they're ready to murder CJ. Yeah, and we don't know why, but they want something from CJ. We don't know at this moment why they do, but like you, you know. Tell me where it is. CJ's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I man. don't know what you're talking about. And just as they're about to murder CJ, bah, 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 yeah. and they just start shooting bazookas and shit, and just like, fortunately, no one gets shot. It's 80s TV. Yeah. But they're unloading like fucking Uzis. You know, we obviously, we talked tropes earlier, but this was <laughs> the A team trope as well was heavy gunfire every episode. <laughs> Not a sick, not even a shoulder wound. Yeah, there might no be innocent a, bystanders get hit. There it's might just, be a sprained ankle or two, but it's not from. It's not a bullet wound. Never a bullet. But it's wound. enough to scare off Gravedigger, and he takes off. I guess in the van. Yeah, they like jump over some boxes, oh, hide behind a trash can. They uh, load up CJ, and they're they're like, whatever. We're just gonna. They already they are already in enough trouble. They team, right. you know, they don't need. They're wanted men. They're wanted men. So they get CJ. They take him uh, off, and. Um, 
This is I I don't know if we go straight to what looked like Gator's Mansion. I I swear that was Gator's. No, we go. What we do is we go to a parking garage. Oh yeah, we we meet Devin Page, mm. the female lawyer of CJ. CJ. Yeah, and we see Face. He's trying to meet up with her. And he's she, doing it in the creepiest way possible. Yes. Yeah. He is. And she's feeling threatened and she feels mm-hmm. like she has to stand her ground. Yes. So she pulls out her gun on him. He does get very close to her and says, right. I will adjust your chi, which makes sense since, like I said, he got really into meditation and yoga and all that. And she's like, I'll adjust your chi. Yeah. And she pulls a gun on him, puts it right against his dick. And he's like, whoa, 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 CJ. And she's like, well, how do you know CJ? He's like he's escaped. He, he escaped earlier. He's like, no, no, no. That's that's not what it is. And we need your help. We you know all the work you've done to get CJ's parole. We got him hit out at this mansion that I'm because I'm I'm working this old lady. This, I mean, this old heiress. It's like eighty year old. It's a millionaire. I'm working her, and I got her place, and that's where we got him. Before the A team arrived, they knew that she was one of the good ones. Right. So yeah, th- this is where uh, Face drives Paige over to uh, the, the mansion. The, the mansion. I thought I thought the the prostitutes were still on, you know on uh, the real estate because they opened up to that those long shorts that were like pulled way up over that you had butts hanging out here and of course it's one of faces uh, ladies that are, is already way into them right but we we see her she's dropping off some iced tea and then she scampers off says hi to Butch which is faces one of faces names in this episode apparently. And uh, we learned the whole situation. So what's been happening, this is what CJ learned, and he made tapes of it with that recording device that Rick James has sent him. Yeah. That there, there's like a, it's not like a work release thing. It's like, like a chain gang type thing. You know, they take like prisoners out to like pick up trash or do shit like that. Yeah. And they assume at this at this moment, it's one of the guards is like allowing these guys to rob places. Yeah. They split the take and then they bring them back to prison. Right. And he has evidence against this. So that's why they want to kill him. Right. So Hannibal's like, oh, they got this scheme. Where's that crew going to be out today? And, of course, I don't know how they know this, but they know this. (laughs) They know everything. Yeah. So Hannibal's like, all right, we'll be there waiting for them. And of course, they know, the ex- they know the exact same. The exact same. They know the exact place they're going to rob. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you survey the like we get uh, the shot of uh, Gravedigger and the crew. Yeah, they're posing and, as construction workers or like working on the street or some shit. Yep. Which probably is not a job you, you should. You know, you no. should probably hire people. Yeah, unskilled labor. I don't think. So. Yeah. So they're scoping out. They got the binoculars out in the middle of the street. They're scoping out. There's nothing for a while, and then there is a jewelry shop. Was it jewelry? Uh, it was a jewelry store. I think it was. I thought it was a pawn shop at first. There was a lot of shit in there. But... There was a lot of random but shit. Since we're dealing with racial stereotypes, it's a jewelry store. It's a because jewelry store. Because Hannibal's a Jew in this thing. Yeah. So Hannibal comes out. He's got the fucking curls. He's got the yarmulke. He's got, he's, he's got these thick Coke bottle glasses on. And he, he's hobbling along on crutches. He's like, hey, my tuckus. How can I help you? Yeah. So three, uh, three of the prisoners come in. And Grave Grave Digger, Digger's leading the guy, way. And I think a guard came in. And what? No, it wasn't Quint because Quint was staying back. It, it was some other guy, but who cares? There's three of them. And they're like, all right, well, you take this guy and open the vault. And they, Grave Digger and the other guy just stand out in the middle of the room and they're just rifling right. through the jewelry. And uh, Hannibal's opening the vault. 
And he, he's just like, you long whippersnappers, you shouldn't be doing this to me. Opens the vault, and who's waiting in there? Murdoch. Always with the plans. And, he, and so accurate is he had an oxygen tank on, because we know there's it's airtight. It's airtight. So they covered every base. They really did. It's really believable. So he pops out with a gun. And they and then I think they just incapacitate the guy, right? Yeah, the they just they just uh, probably put him in the vault to murder him quietly <laughs> off screen. They probably, yeah. <laughs> they don't kill people with bullets, but they will make them have horrible deaths. And then uh, Hannibal comes back out and like, hey, where's Greg Gary or something? Yo. And then he pull he he pulls up a Picasso trigger move, dude, and yeah. he pulls up the the crutch and it's a machine gun all of a sudden. Yeah, it came out. Your your <laughs> friend decided that crime it doesn't pay anymore. He's like, bullshit. And yeah, he starts opening fire on them with that crutch gun, man. <laughs> it's a crutch machine gun. I don't know how this works. And since it's A-Team, you get the guys dive, the, the thieves dive down, and then you get zoom-ins on him just shooting random objects <laughs> in the store. Which, by the way, did they set up the whole store? Did the store exist? Did they bring all the stuff in? Did- <laughs> I don't know. There's, I, I think you're right. I think they, they built a store. It was like an empty storefront. <laughs> And they just made that. I mean, we've seen them build so ingenious. crazy machines in less than a, a, the, a blue song, you know. <laughs> so clearly, they could have gotten there five minutes before the robbery and set up this whole fucking thing with the vault. They could have brought that vault in, too. Well, then they chase the guys out. They blow up a car yeah. with the machine gun. And the guys are running for their fucking lives. They actually catch uh, Gravedigger and the two other guys, though. Yes, they do. And they uh, they bring them in, and of course, well, they drop them off on the steps of the police department. Yeah, just like Batman would do. How does that work? Do you, do the police come on and go? Oh, look, criminals! Yeah, they they wrapped them up in spider web like Spider Man. They had them hanging from the street cor- street lamp in front of the the uh, police department. So they go back to the mansion where CJ was, and and Devin's there, the, the lawyer. Yeah, and they're like, "All right, we're gonna you're gonna turn yourself in. You have the evidence. You, you know yeah. where the evidence is. The evidence, as we learn later, is still hidden in the prison. Yes. So he's got to go back to the prison to get it. Yeah. And we're gonna fix everything. You'll, you'll get exonerated. Yeah. And Paige is like, "Yeah, I called into the warden. Everything's cool. He understands. It's no big deal. Everything's gonna work out from now on." Yeah. And then CJ's like, "You know what?" I'm done with this whole this rock and roll shit. He he gives the first like hint that he's gonna just turn over a new leaf. He's he's done with the world of rock and roll, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah. And while that's going on, we get another eighty skank comes in. It's like, is this where the nude photography is? Oh. And then Devin's like, what? And then Face like, oh, I'll handle this. Don't worry. He's like, yeah, you're are you Ramon? Ramon. And I, I love that. It was a nice callback to my porn star career. Yeah. I, that was my most popular character, Griff, was Ramon the Ramon, pool guy. Yes. And, <laughs> not, and not Raymond, Ramon. And so, yeah, we get a Remember, little... We got to check in on with the on uh, a new piece to this puzzle. Yeah. The warden of the prison. He's working with Quinn. Who he's in on He's the ringleader. Yeah. We thought he was the one good one. We thought he was the one good one. Exactly. So yeah. when we cut to him, we see him getting off the phone with Paige, and he's unveiling it all. He's like, they know. We got Paige. She's going to bring CJ in. We're going we're gonna to fucking arrest that guy again. We're going to get him. Well, we're going to kill him. We, get, we need to find these fucking tapes, and then we're going to kill his ass. Yeah. He's like, I want CJ dead. So Devin, she goes back to the A-team. Uh, yeah, she's, she tells she, them that CJ got locked up. Yeah, 
fix is in. We need to come up with a plan, guys. Hannibal, master planner, he's like, I have the idea. I'm going to pretend to be from a radio station, mm-hmm. and then we're going to do... We've got the biggest names in 1985 music, and we're going to have like like a Folsom Prison type thing with Johnny Cash, but we're going to do it for CJ, like honoring CJ. Yeah. And they, I mean... Fucking the warden, he's a star fucker. He can't turn this shit down. Right. So they call up the warden. The warden's like, well, he he gets the, he, they call up the mayor or the governor or something. Governor. The governor calls the warden. He's just like on the phone. He's like, CJ Mack, Rick James, Lionel Richie, Kenny Rogers, Dexie's Midnight Runners, Eddie Murray, Tommy Two Tone. Eddie Murray was a kicker for the Lions. Eddie Murphy. <laughs> oh, no. I did it again. Uh, I can do that. That sounds great. Yep. Dockin. Dock. Quiet Riot. <laughs> missing uh, persons. <laughs> and Devo. And, this, and then yeah. he's like, he's like, fuck. Yeah. The mayor wants this. The governor. Everybody wants this goddamn thing. We got to find these tapes. So, of course, he's cock- uh, the warden walks out with Quinn. He's like, we got to do it. We got one day to put on the best rock show this earth has ever seen. Well, this prison has. Yeah. And, of course, we got to find those tapes in the meanwhile. So, here are the, the best laid plans of Mice and Men. A-team or disguised as roadies. Yep. So, and Rick James is back. He's in on it. He's helping them out. Yep. He Apparently, he was the only guy who could, I guess everyone got held, held up at the, uh, the airport. That because be he's up. the only guy who could show up. <laughs> even though they had all these names. And so, like, Hannibal, Face, and B.A. are roadies. But Murdoch. Yeah. He's playing like the radio disc jockey. This idea, the idea was to start this. So, of course, Murdoch. He's such a lovable kind of character, goofball. He, he's got to be like Wolfman Jacks. Hey, everybody! I'm, I'm whatever his name was. He's like, hey, Warden, how you doing? Thank you, uh, brother. Can you feel it? The Is warden, that black enough for ya? The warden doesn't know how to handle this. It's he's totally, too much. It's a very white guy moment. Yeah, and, it's Rick James is being very cool, calm, teaches them some high fives and shit. And well, he's, first he's like. Hey, uh, hey, Warden, can you give this uh, tape deck to CJ? It's it's, it's got some songs we've been working on. We're going to play for the thing. Yeah. I want him prepared. Yeah. And he's like, mm, I think I could do that. And like, thank you. Can you dig it? I can dig that. I, I can dig he, it. And then he he shakes Rick's hand, and Rick's like, what no, the fuck? He, no. gives, he gives like the limpest, sweatiest fish hand, dead fish hand. Yeah. And then Rick has to teach him how to how to shake hands like a man. Yeah. So they do the you know black guy handshake, all the configurations. And the, and the guy, he's just, like, mesmerized by it. Warden waits for them to walk away, and then he pulls out some headphones and pops them in and listens to little bits of the tape here and there. Yeah. And just to make sure there's no secret messages. He's up, He's on top of his game. Exactly. So there's nothing. It's just songs. He's like, okay, this is cool. Hands them off to Quinn. He's like, give these to CJ. Needs them. So apparently they need – CJ told – the A team that these tapes are in like a prison workshop, so they got to figure out a way to get to that workshop. So they contrive this way, like, oh, the fuse blew. Yeah, there, there's a guard standing over Murdoch as he's about to plug something in. The guard, who's a master electrician apparently, is like, "You shouldn't plug that one in." And Murdoch looks at him. He's like, "Oh, I shouldn't." Plugs it in. Fuse blown, and then you get a scene of them down in the inner workings of the of the prison. And then the like you said, the master electrician slash guard is like, well, these go here, these go there, these go here. It's like, ah, oh, 
we need to check out this workroom. That's where you know we need to plug in. Yeah, what the fuck? And and there got, was a screwdriver and an <laughs> elevator shaft. Ugh. So they take him to the prison workshop, and they're like, "Okay, here's the wire. Now it goes down underground. We're gonna have to pull up some floor." I don't. I didn't even understand what was going. on I had here. no idea <laughs> but, what the fuck this was. But they need. But their face is so good that he makes the guy believe they need to rip up the floor. And I love the fact that as we watch them start, you get uh, Murdoch on the ground. A man his age shouldn't be on his hands and knees doing this. He's going to no. have a hard time getting back up. We saw him in crutches earlier, and that looked appropriate. Right. So he's knocking around, and while he's knocking around, we're like, all right, we, this is going to take him a minute. Right. So we see CJ in his cell. He's listening to tapes. He's like, this is some good music. Then all of a sudden, you hear <laughs> B.A. storming. Hey, dummy. Hey, big dummy. <laughs> CJ. Fool! Can you hear me? We, then we see a shot of Mr. T talking into a screwdriver. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I put a receiver in here, fool! <laughs> Act like you listen to music. He's like, and he, he tells them the whole plot, like what they're gonna do. Be ready, yeah. You know, and so CJ's like, great. So we get uh, we get Hannibal and Face, and you know what? Did I say that right? Hannibal and Face. Yeah, it was yeah. Hannibal and Face. So Hannibal finds the, the hollow point, and all he's right. like, all right, go distract the electrician guard. So right, Face walks over, and he's like, I need you to look at this. And while that's going on, Hannibal's digging up the floorboard. By the way, great plan to build a floor out of perfect, like, <laughs> six-inch by 12-inch <laughs> boards. Like, that's not going to be inconvenient at yeah, all. no. So they pull out one of the boards, and we get the shot under there of his uh, Hannibal's hand reaching around. And sure enough, yeah. there's some tape. Don't know how he <laughs> taped them so well under there, like pristinely. When you're taped. in prison, you come up with some ingenious ways to hide shit. Yeah, I'm surprised CJ didn't him up his ass. <laughs> but, so our our guard is none the wiser, right? And we're like end of the episode. We found the evidence. It's yeah. done. But just so happens that the warden walks in. Ah, oh, shit. And not only does he know that they know about the tapes, he knows they're the A-team. Right. He's like, hey, uh, Colonel Han- Colonel Smith. And like, what? Commercial break. <laughs> there would have been a commercial break. There, there was a commercial break. So we come back from that commercial break. We, we need some music. We've been we've been buried in all of this convoluted story. I know. A song we know, too. A song we love. Yeah. A little super freak for you. So uh, Rick James, he does the extended version. It's like 12-minute super freak Jesus version. Jesus Christ. But we're getting some great. So much filler in this episode. He's got, some, he got that great pirate shirt on, some uh, black leather pants with some white fringe down the side. It's beautiful. It's and beautiful. everybody, the prisoners, are like enjoying the fuck out of each other. Murdoch's playing keyboards. We got a guitar player. We got everything. It is wonderful. And then we even have CJ on uh, the stage left, actually, here. They flipped it from earlier. And he's sitting there with B.A., and he's he's telling... I don't know how they're talking to each other at a normal tone, but we've talked about this yes. before. We got to accept it. We right. got to accept this. And they're just talking to each other, and... Uh, CJ's telling B.A., I'm done with music. Yeah, it's, he's it's over. over. He's like, what? What you talking about, fool? He, he's like, you ain't no truck driver. Yeah. You ain't no chef at elementary school. <laughs> you ain't no skip tracer. <laughs> you ain't no Duke of New York. You a singer. <laughs> you sing songs and you inspire people. And all these people have done this shit for you, and you need to pay them back. 
And CJ's like, hmm, he's like rubbing his chin, like, hmm, this is some good points. I did like how he said, we're doing all this for you. You're going <laughs> to write some fucking songs for us. Right. Well, that yeah, was a little weird. Payback's a bitch. And he's, but he's like, it worked. He just fucking Tony Robin the fuck out of CJ. He's like, yeah. you're right. I, I'm a singer. I sing songs. So Rick James finally finishes up uh, the 14, four, 14 minute version <laughs> of Super Freak. <laughs> And he's like, I got to call out a very special person here. And he calls out CJ, and he's like, we're going to do that song. So Rick James gets out a guitar. He's going to do some blues riffs while right. CJ plays the piano. And the well, warden. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, warden steps in, and he throws an arm over B.A.'s it's shoulder, like, which like, you don't touch B.A., but, right. you know, he's like, hey, I got your friends. Why don't you go join them? So I thought they were going to forget about Murdoch, but they got Murdoch, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, if he wouldn't be such an asshole and be in the way, they probably would have forgot about him. It might have, yeah. So, yeah, they captured both of them. And this is where it gets totally A-team-ish. All right, we're in a prison, We're in a prison. I'm guessing of more than two or three cells. At least a few. But they're not going to put the A-team in a cell. They're going to – we're going to lock you up in this workshop with all these tools. Even though we know that's your, like – your your power, your superpower, (laughs) your MacGyver shit. But we trust you not to fuck with this shit. Knows they're the A team. He knows they're wanted felons, and he's still like, "I'm not going to put you guys in prison. I'm going to put you in a fucking workshop." Right? They could just put him in the hole, and people could forget about him and shit. But no, dude. There's explosives. There's knives. There's bombs. Yeah. So there's all the because we know, fucking Mr. T loves his welding. He does it in every episode. So there's some welding material there. There's a box of matches for some reason. There's, there's glue guns that get turned into real guns. There's always like a, a slideshow of the materials they use. Right. They don't show you how they use them. They just show you these are going to be incorporated. So if you thought the Super Freak was an extended version, this blues, oh this God. one blues song they play gives them enough time to set up their entire plan. So each of them has a double barrel shotgun like <laughs> gun. No, I think I think it was really like a spot welder is what it was, and they somehow. MacGyvered it into like a gun. Yeah, because they had it, two. Yeah, because it looked like, like a glue gun, but I think it was like a spot. Th- that was the other one. They yeah. had another one that looked like a double barrel shotgun, and then they had another yeah. one that was the glue gun. Right. Because they showed you, they usually will show you like one or two of the inventions and like that it works, <laughs> quote unquote. And so that was what we saw was the glue gun. And then apparently there was like a metal door that was locked in. So Mr. T gets the <laughs> welding thing and like cuts the Cut. door open. And right on cue, they're like, can you get through it, B.A.? He just gives it a blows on it. It falls over. He's like, I can get anything. Why does B.A. have that voice? Oh. God, I have the worst voices. And so... Uh, the team storms the concert. <laughs> that's what they do. They go, hey, everybody. Boom, 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 boom. Because they just, like, they just unload. When they yeah. get and they only have glue guns. And they're yeah. loading on people. I forgot that Quint, Quint was about to murder Isaac yes, Hayes. Yes, Quint, who is the prison guard who's in on the scheme. He finds like an electric cord that wasn't plugged in. So he plugs it And it, it was in, frayed. And it was frayed. So he had some exposed wires sparked a little bit. Just to let you know this is real. <laughs> right. And he's about to pour a whole bucket of water on it. But Hannibal shoots it out of his hand. 
No, he shoots holes in the bucket of water. Oh, that's Which you would think would spill the water on the thing and cause what he wants to do, oh. but it doesn't. And then we get a bunch of like Star Trek, 60s Star Trek stuntmen leaping on people oh, yeah. and beating the shit out of guards. There's apparently only three guards in this entire prison. Got and, some empty uh, and speaker, none of them are armed. speaker cabinets yeah, that they're flying yeah, through. BA throws a guy through an empty speaker cabinet. It explodes on top of it. Oh, my God. And so they jump on stage. And the warden's like, those men are criminals. Like, oh, really? Who's the real criminal? We, uh, we got to mention, we have, like, every major person in town. We got the mayor there. We got the governor, governor right. there. We got, like, the full Senate there. Because they, yeah, because they were thinking this would be, like, a like a goodwill thing to have CJ go to all these yeah. other prisons. They're even talking to the warden. The mayor was talking to the warden about how they should have CJ tour the prisons. Right. And so Hamill's like... Oh, who's a criminal now? And he whips out that fucking tape recorder and plays it. It's like, I want everybody dead. I don't fuck the mayor and all this shit. And more A-Team logic. Okay, they're wanted criminals. They're in a prison. Somehow the guys just go, you know what? You d- you've done enough good today. We're going to let you go. Yeah. We're going to give you a head start. Yeah. How about that? No big so deal. So the A-Team does not get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, maybe it was a federal crime and this is a state penitentiary. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. But they let him go in time for the new CJ uh, concert. Because CJ, he's at back at the Palladium where Rick James was in the beginning of the episode. We close it with some nice uh, Isaac Hayes. has got the Macho Man Randy Savage sunglasses <laughs> on. And he's just rocking out. It kind of fucking... reminded me. Uh, you got me started on the 80s WWF like music scene. Yeah. With the music videos and it, it kind of <laughs> reminded me of that a little bit. Well, did you know? You, I think you didn't notice this, but you know how they used to end uh, TV shows with freeze frames. Yeah, yeah. They did multiple freeze frames in this scene. So what they would do is like uh, CJ, we be playing, and then they show Murdoch with a fucking gold Dolomite design cape on, and he'd be like, "Yeah," and then yeah. They'd freeze him, and then they would go back to the fucking concert, and then they show BA like clapping his hands, and then they would freeze him. <laughs> it was weird. And then it just ends, and that's that was the end of the story. They go on for another another mission. Fuck yeah, man! Which apparently the next mission involved Hulk Hogan. So I've seen that episode because yeah. BA uh, wears like Hulk maniac gear and everything, so he plays Hulk Hogan in the. In uh, the show, but it, it, that's a good one. I mean, we're going to have to revisit maybe for uh, April when, of course, there's, wrestling is at its There's so zenith. many A-team. I want to do the Boy George episode of A-team. Boy George. Oh, man. <laughs> that was the weird. I remember back then going, this is fucking weird. What the fuck is Boy George doing I think I remember that episode. I watched a handful of these. I'm, I'm realizing now. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I can't wait to do so. We've A-team. redeemed ourselves, Griff, uh, from that horrible uh, Steven Seagal episode. Yeah, this will be released, <laughs> right? But uh, there's one other movie that we wanted to cover that we there's just not enough orange in that or, orange juice. There's juice not enough juice orange? in that orange. Yeah, that well, this is the whole point of Tippy Tap episodes. It's like movies that. They're worth checking out, but they're not really worth a full G and G episode. Yeah. We, 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 but there's enough there that we yeah. think you need to like look into I it. I mean, we've been doing this so th- long. We thought we might have been off our game for a week, so we actually outsourced it and asked somebody else, like, give us a little feedback here on this movie. Is this something we should do? Came back negative. So tippy taps, <laughs> it is. Yeah. So we're going to give you the Reader's Digest version of this movie. A little movie called Soul Vengeance, aka. Welcome home, Brother Charles. And you built this up well. Man, 
large genitalia four <laughs> inches from the ground if he's wearing well, his Wow, you just shoes. blew the whole fucking surprise from the get-go. Oh, I thought we were doing that. No. Okay. We're going to build it up a little bit. Well, okay. Yeah, it's called, yeah. We've been doing this almost 100 episodes, Griff. Come on, you got to build. Oh, okay. So it's the story of a small-time dope dealer. Yeah. And he's got some white cops that are out to get him. Even though he's just penny ante, he sells like dime bags on the fucking corner. But, right. But they, he's, he's, this is his big break. He's going to get the one last deal that's going to set him up for life. Oh, okay. So he's waiting at a, 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 like a motel or some shit, and these cops are staking him out. And <laughs> did you notice his, him and his friend? I forget. What was his friend's name? Do you remember? I didn't catch up. So we'll just say his friend. His friend guy feels the heat. He's like, I'm out of here. So they're like, hey, let's split up. They can't catch both of us. <laughs> so his friend charges at the really racist cop. Because one's like an okay cop, and one's like super racist. Because yeah. he's got a tiny dick, and, it, and his, his wife's cheating on him and all this shit. Maybe we didn't. Well, let's just say we didn't do this episode because there is no good one in this episode. No, the, I think the other cop is good. Okay. He's kind of good. He allows a guy to chop a guy's dick off, but he feels bad about it. <laughs> Because, well, but there's a scene. So, like, Charles's friend runs at the racist cop and he goes, ah! And then freaks the guy out. So he falls over and he leaps over and runs away. And the whole, like, the whole crowd outside is laughing at the guy yeah, and shit. Yeah. And he almost beats the shit out of a girl. He was like, he's so That's emasculated. Right, yeah. and, then, and this guy who was going to fuck that girl, this white guy, is like, hey, you stop that. And so. They catch uh, his buddy catches Charles. Yes, they throw him in the back of the car. The guy's so emasculated and pissed off. He's like, "You fucking black guy!" And then he grips. He starts punching the shit out of Charles. Cause Charles Damn. is handcuffed. Fucking the 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 good cop. He's like, "Hey, that's kind of that's yeah, unnecessary." Yeah, Can one you- last lick, and then we're done here. And he's like, "I gotta take a piss. I'll be back." So he leaves. And then the guy whips out a fucking Rambo knife Shit. and starts sawing on Charles' dick. He's like, ah! And then they send him to prison. He does it. He apparently, from what I got from the movie, he didn't chop it all off. He just mutilated the guy's dick. Yes. They, so they reattached it, but it was probably Frank and Dick now. It was John Wayne Bobbin. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So he goes to prison, and he's in solitary confinement, and it's just miserable. And then he gets out. Like, I don't know how many years later he gets out. It was three. Okay. And I remember this number specifically because Roger Stone just got sentenced to three years. And I'm seeing why Trump is probably going to give him a pardon. If Hey, if they chop off Roger Stone's dick, I'm fine with a pardon. <laughs> but look how much has changed in Charles' world since he's gotten back. Like, people look at him differently. He can't well, well get... he's decided he's going straight. He's yeah. like, I'm done with this world. Yeah, he goes know? back to his – was it uh, Frank the – I'm just going to call him Frank. But was this his friend that uh, – yeah. he? okay. He goes to the bar, and he sees his old girlfriend, and she's with Frank now. Yeah. And she's like, honey, I had I had no choice. I Three had... years. Come on. And Frank's like, hey, I hope there's no bad blood between us. I mean, I know I'm fucking your girl, and I'm turning her out and making money off yeah. of her. Because she's like a like she's like she's an accountant and a go-go dancer. It was yeah. a weird job she had. Yeah. But, yeah, so he's just like, oh, man, you know, I can't get a job. My girl left me. Everything is looking pretty bad for our brother Charles. But he did have a girl. He met a girl who was a stripper at this bar. Okay. <laughs> That's how it came. Okay. And so she like befriends him. She's just yeah. like, you know, I can see you're you're down on your luck. You know, I feel bad for you. And his he inspires her to quit stripping. 
Oh. She's like, I'm going to get a real nine to five. I'm going to become a waitress. That's right. She does. So they they move in together. He's mooching off her because he can't get a job because he's an ex-con. Yeah. He's trying his ass off. Though. Yeah. He's trying to go straight. And he's just like, the fucking white man's keeping me down. I got to get some soul vengeance. Yeah. So this is where the movie gets. I, I, so far, it's just like a standard mediocre fucking black exploitation. But this yeah. is where the movie gets fucking weird. We do get. I want to mention this. We do get some backstory on the one. Was it the racist cop yeah. and his wife? His wife was fucking Frank, the friend of uh, Charles. Yeah. And so he, that's why he's so racist. He hates black people because he, he's emasculated by black. black Got people. it. Okay. And so um, the racist cop starts, like, beating his wife. Right. And so she's like, no, you're out of here. And, you know, they, they're they ha- building up the fact that this guy he's is a piece, piece of shit. He's a piece of work. So when Soul Vengeance comes for said vengeance, you're kind of like, all right. Well, not only does he decide he's going to get vengeance on this cop, he's going to get vengeance on the prosecuting attorney. Yes. And the judge, who just so happened to be the guy who was fucking the, trying to fuck the prostitute at the beginning of the movie. Oh. So, yeah, so his master plans. We, we're, there's no backstory to why this happens, no, people. We don't need but that. But he goes to the houses of the, of the. Like, when the men are at work, he goes to the house pretending to be like classic I mean, porn movie, like porn jobs. disguises. We've got phone guy. We've got phone man. We've got electrician. And then we have water cooler man, like right. the big jugs yeah. of yeah, yeah. And so he, I think he shows up at the cops' uh, house first. Racist cop first. Racist cop, and he talks to wife, and he goes, "Ma'am, can you come over and look at this?" And then he like unzips we get his we pants. get a shot. Be, it's like behind his head and shoulder, and we just see her face over his shoulder. And would you take a look at this? And her jaw just drops. <laughs> yeah, you hear it zip. Yep. And then you, you don't see anything. And she's like, <laughs> like she's like hypnotized. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, you know, and then he gives her instructions. Yeah. You know? And then he comes back later on. And I, I got to guess that the actor who played the racist cop either got fired off the movie or they couldn't afford him anymore. Or he got another job because he, Coney, you're, you're expecting, all right, he can get the revenge against this guy. We never see the cop. The cop is just some guy underneath some blankets. We don't see the actor at all. That's right. And the wife comes in, and she like comes out, opens the door for the black guy, and then he's like, you stand out here. And then he goes in. I don't, do you hear any screaming? I think you just, you just something bad happened to the cop. You don't see no. anything. It doesn't get weird until the second kill. Right, the prosecutor. Yeah. So he goes, he's, he, I think he's the, the water cooler guy for this one. He goes there, he does the same trick with the wife, hypnotizes her. She is, again, way into it. <laughs> right. Really into it. Right. And she's a willing accomplice. Yeah. And so he comes back at night, and the, 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 the prosecutor's like, honey, I got to go get a drink of water. I'll be back. And he comes out, and there's our fucking man, Soul Vengeance. And he, we see this shot from like this crotch level shot, like from behind. <laughs> you just see like his ass and his legs, and you see the white guy like cowering in front, like between his legs. And then you see this giant snake dick just slowly <laughs> come out of his pants. <laughs> and the guy, he's he's hypnotized by it because normally I'd run away from that. Yeah, but he's like, get away from me, get away! And this giant like twelve foot long dick wraps around this guy's neck and <laughs> chokes him to death it's, i'm pretty sure this is the wife that actually watches <laughs> yeah. and she is like biting her lip like getting like this this is where cucking started well i mean it's probably always better thing but <laughs> right. this is probably when it came into like the audience's world right 
And so he just snaps a guy's neck with his dick. Yeah. And we get no backstory of how he can do this, what's going on. We get a little bit. A little bit. So before we go over to the judge's house, uh, that's uh, Charles' next target, we get a cut to the psychologist because he had to go see a psychologist after he got out of prison. Right. They forced him to. And Charles told the psychologist about how uh, they tried to mutilate his dick. It failed. And then he started having these dreams about being able to hypnotize women and <laughs> fuck their brains out and also strangling uh, the judge. Um, he pointed out the judge specifically in a dream. And we have um, one of one one of the policemen talking to the psychologist. And well, so the question that's is, that's how we learn about it. Is, is this reality or is this all happening in Charles? That's head? what I was thinking. I was like, oh, is this movie going to end with it just being like, oh, it's in his head? Yeah, because what happens is he goes to the judge and he does the old dick strangling move on the judge, and then the cops are on him. The cop. He doesn't. This is why he's one of the good ones because he just wants to take him in. He understands where Charles is coming from. Charles immediately runs up to the roof and he's standing on the ledge. He's like, "I'll jump." He's like, "No, we don't want you to jump." And they get the girlfriend. They call her in. She's like, "Charles, don't." And then Charles just jumps off the fucking building and dies. Yeah. So maybe I never really thought about it, but maybe that whole magic dick stuff was all in his head, and yeah. nobody died except Charles. Maybe they wanted to do a sequel. I failed where... to point out that the movie actually starts with Charles on the ledge. Oh, it did. Yeah, wow. and then they go like a backstory. But yeah, okay. So yeah, it's like if if you were into like weird dick strangling movies, you got a dick strangling fetish. I solely I recommend uh, Soul <laughs> Vengeance. Yeah. So yeah, that's why we didn't uh, cover that in an episode because we just did it in five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> that was basically it, people. But yeah. So this uh this will probably come out before our next uh, Golden Globus Theater episode. So uh, you know, Which, be on the lookout for that. The it's last dragon, last dragon, show enough, show enough. So yeah, we got to put it out because I don't know. We're gonna we might get hit with a snowstorm this week, so we might not even have our episode on on out on time lately. So oh, we shit. might have to give the people some of this for their fix. Yeah. So yeah, tippy tap too. I think we redeemed ourselves, Griff, after that horrible. Kinjate like episode we did with oh Steven Seagal. Kinjate. Anyways, so I don't know. Well, man, maybe we'll do a MacGyver next. I don't know. Oh man, that'd be great. So look for that. I don't, we we have no schedule for tippy taps. They just yeah. come out when we have the time and motivation to do them. It'll be wonderful. So we'll see if for episode three tippy tap. We don't know what, but keep it warm. <laughs>